1: Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek, the next conversation. It's time for the next conversation about Star Trek. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. We are back. We're doing so many things, guys. We're talking Discovery today. We're answering some emails. We're talking about drugs
0: in the 80s. We really are. This will be released just before Memorial Day also. You never know. Maybe it will be released on Memorial Day. Oh. Are you planning to not get it out tonight? Or What if I put it out at midnight? I guess that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to celebrate Memorial Day... Matthew, which I actually haven't discussed with you yet, um, I was on a uh, I was on a, a naval destroyer. Sounds pretty exciting. This weekend, uh, it was supposed to be out at sea, but there was a problem with the shaft. So which shaft? There's so many shafts. I I, I was probably told that, and I don't I don't remember. But uh, my uh, I have a soon-to-be relative uh, through uh, the gentleman that my sister is marrying. Not him, but his um, niece. Uh, who was an ASWO, an anti-submarine warfare officer. Pretty good. Um, and she was a lieutenant junior grade. Uh-huh. An 02. But uh, while we were on the ship. That's what Geordie is. Exactly. But while we were on the ship, she was promoted to an O3, a full lieutenant. Oh, my God. What a magical time. Super competent. Showed us the bridge. Showed us the CIC. Do you know what that is? Uh, the center in centers? <laughs> you got one out of three. Uh-huh. It's Command Information Center. Uh-huh. And she friggin... She, it's anti submarine. She like, she showed me the radar and the, and where she launches stuff. She runs the big gun. That's pretty cool. It's amazing. So we're having all that. She's single. Um, no, she's actually dating an incredibly handsome Marine. <laughs> you got no shot, buddy. <laughs> well, also, it's weird because <laughs> she's sort not really by blood, but, uh, she's, she's going to be uh-huh. in the family. But, uh, whatever the case, um, um, uh, so, so, where she's showing me everything and, and my family. And um, I, of course, am completely nerding out. And at some point, she is sort of showing me the different chairs and where the command officers sit. And I said, so, would this be where Picard sits in this chair? And she kind of goes, well, Kirk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I go, oh, old school. Uh, me too. <laughs> and thinking, all right, I got to keep it simple. I don't know how yeah. deep this gets. And she goes, "Of course, TOS." Uh huh. So she's, she's, I in feel like it. everybody in the Navy is a fan of some form of Trek. Like, Why else would yeah. you go in the Navy? I guess so. I was impressed though, and then I kept asking her Star Trek questions all day long. Uh-huh. It was really fun. <laughs> I was asking stuff about security and where the security goes. Yeah. And, and uh, show you the brig. Is there um, uh, in there. She didn't show me the brig. I should have asked about the brig. See sickbay. Uh, you know what? Let me write down all these questions, and I can. I didn't see sickbay. You're gonna write down the questions of Did she show you the brig? No, and I, did you see sickbay? I want to hear about the brig. I want to hear about what happens when they send people the brig. There is a. There is definitely a person who handles. You know, who's basically the equivalent of wharf. But I was trying to figure out. Is there any world in which that person would also have duties on the bridge or the CIC and it didn't sound like it sounded like that was insane
1: no, I'd imagine that you'd be have to be focused on one or the other
0: which did raise questions because YAR is certainly doing every job on the ship
1: well, you know no one on the enterprise original enterprise constitution class no one there's no chief security officer I mean it seems like was there no chief security officer? No, it seems like really Scotty's the one who tells them what to do if they're
0: in a red shirt. Huh. Um, yeah, and, and uh, Uhura was just communications. Nobody else did communications. Yeah. Oh, I did say uh, she did uh, specify that she was she was the checkoff on the ship because she runs the uh, tactical Yeah. and the engines. Um, it's pretty cool. It's awesome. It was so great. Are you thinking about joining the navy? Um, I think it was it was pretty clear from my observation of the people on the ship that I've, I in no way have, it's not the right staff, but whatever it is that they have, I do not have it. Sure. I do not have what's, uh, what's laid out for any arms armed force. But uh, thank you for your service, guys and ladies.
1: Indeed. Uh, if you have a ship you'd like us to attend, give us a ring. That'd be great. Just kidding don't i was kidding oh, i want to go andy's serious about those things
0: i'm kidding Shoot. i don't love it um
1: okay so andy yes. now that you've uh, got your sea legs
0: okay do you want to hop into the admirals club sure all right uh the admirals club uh, as uh, as many of you may know is uh, the folks that have given us five star ratings on itunes because it helps the show in ways that I don't fully understand myself but uh, I've been told that it does Um, Echo 007 Solo getting everything in there holy shit Uh, he says I've listened from the minute you the the first episode dropped Matt and Andy or Mandy Mm -hmm. are really great at holding your hand as we walk uh, that long arduous path in season one um, I hope the podcast continues uh, forever. Uh, and then he says, we're at least until one of them gets replaced by Kevin Smith. I'm not sure why. A <laughs> um, plus banter from uh, Aless Palace. Um, these guys mess up so much. It's sweet and enduring. <laughs> Making fun of Star Trek has never been more fun. 10 out of 10, Andy's. Lovely show from Dylan Matheny. Um, I've been listening to Matt and Andy's adventure through TNG since the beginning. The show quickly became a staple of my podcast, regimen. Uh, the format is great and the commentary theories are enjoyable. Uh, can't recommend enough. And the last one is from Son of the Surf 26. Matt is the Jean-Luc Picard to Andy's Wesley Crusher. <laughs> um, I think that's probably true. Both, You're both, a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, both in him being the rookie and in, and in him being a sociopath. Uh, you guys make me laugh so hard as Matt guides Andy through the world of podcasting and Trek. I've waited so long for Matt to do a Trek cast, and it's everything I wanted and more. Oh, very that's nice. very sweet. Thank you so much. And with that we
1: open hailing frequencies hailing with frequencies. a handy dandy button that andy has already laid out for all of us you know is his volume up we don't know it's a he's good, checking
0: it's a good question <laughs> captain, <laughs> captain we are being hailed all right um let me just turn that off and so it doesn't turn into something else later uh character money so we were offhandedly referring to uh whether certain all the all the weird rookie side characters were introduced last week because somebody was trying to get some character payments because if you introduce character then you get paid for it um and rich wilkinson wrote us i think you were right about the writers getting paid for creating characters apparently that was the reason tom paris from voyager correct was created. The producers wanted Robert Duncan McNeil for Voyager but had to create a new character so that they wouldn't have to pay the writers of the TNG episode the first duty, which to me is totally messed up. They were going to use the same guy, but they didn't want to... They did use the same guy, and
1: they almost gave him the same backstory. It's kind of crazy.
0: That's that's completely uh-huh. uncool yeah. to pay the writers their money. Uh-huh. Ugh, gross. Um... Okay, then we have uh, our call-in line. Oh, and by the way, uh, Chris uh, Diebel uh, did a little research for us. Um, he claims just because he was annoyed with my saying aft ski all the time, <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't blame him. I was pretty annoyed by that too. <laughs> Look, I got—I got. I'm a quirky personality. Just get on board. Um, anyway, we have a new call-in line that he found us, which is eight one six trek tnc it's so clean <laughs> it's eight seven three five eight six two eight one six eight seven three five eight six two um I is,
1: how now you're saying the numbers yeah, yeah, right. where you refused to before but now that it's got trek
0: tnc in it you're not saying the numbers <laughs> whatevs uh anyway that's a missouri area well, code what's the because uh, that was the only one where trek tnc was available i don't know what the other states are taking it for what what's the area code again uh, Eight one six Trek TNC. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got uh, you were requesting some uh, some commentary on the. Um, I
1: was, but shouldn't we deliver ours and then hear from the fans? Oh, fair
0: enough. Sure. On the discovery trailer,
1: correct. What was your take, Matt? Well, you know, I like to play things when I talk about them. Okay. So, here's the first problem. They're saying 10 okay. years before Kirk, Spock, and the Enterprise.
0: Uh-huh. What, is that? what does that mean? What are you telling me? Uh, it's telling you that it's before the original series. Why? I don't know. To set it in time? No, no. But why is it before the original series? Oh, you're saying why did they not go what forward the in What the fuck time? is the
1: point? This was the problem with Enterprise. Right. Enterprise bothered me because I knew, like, the Federation wouldn't collapse. Right. Because, guess what? You
0: get... An Enterprise later. Have you ever heard anyone from Enterprise discuss why they why went Why they back? went back in time? I don't know. I mean, it's clear why J.J. did, because he was sort of doing what J.J. does, which is sort of giving up slight reinvention and making it sort well, of slicker and they cooler. They asked for a reboot, so they got a reboot. Right. And that was satisfying on, on many levels. I mean, there's part of it that's like, well, fuck
1: it, we have so much cannon, let's blow up all the cannon, which, you know... I, it bothers me a, a, a tad. I understand why the Klingons don't look like the Klingons in the original series, and I in this, I'm talking about in TNG. Oh, in TNG, uh, or, and in the movies, you know, they just didn't have the money to put makeup on everybody. So when the motion picture came out, they were like, okay, we can finally do Klingons with a like forehead ridge and differentiate them from humans. And then that just became that. And then you know they retconned that they were like, well, why were these these human. Looking Klingons, so then they actually went and explained why they were. Oh, is that why Klingons. they look that
0: way? Interesting. Um. So, but wait, this is prior to them looking like humans. I know. It's also, just so, I have a vague it gets memory. So messy. I guess it's dumb, but I've I have a vague memory of reading in some, uh, you know, Star Trek. I don't know. It was the technical manual or something like that. You don't have to be embarrassed here. Um, it's the place where we read those things. <laughs> no, I, wasn't, I wasn't embarrassed. I just didn't know which one it was. That's what I was embarrassed by. I was by, by not being geeky enough mm-hmm. um, that uh, that there was some, some distinction between like an imperial Klingon, which is the ones with the ridges and... Yeah. Regular, So I thought they already sort of worked that into the canon.
1: Well, they did. They did. It's been worked into the canon. So now we're going back to 10 years before and we're fucking changing them again. It's like, why? Yeah. I don't understand it. All right. So 10 years before Kirk, Spock, and the Enterprise.
2: Captain, where are we going? We have no map and you can't set a course without a star.
1: I'd like to point out that uh, there's a sun and it was sunny. What is that? That's a star. Oh.
3: <laughs> it's hard to imagine. You've served under me for seven years. Commander Burner, I think it is time. We talked about you having your own command. Two to transport.
1: Okay, so I like seeing a communicator. I love Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about her. Me too. Big fan. I like that they're walking across a desert. Like they're on, like. Uh, City Alpha 5. Or 6. Alright, so we got our first look at a ship. Problem number two. This is a very nitpicky, and I don't mean to be so nitpicky, but this is the Star Trek podcast where we talk about Star Trek. Okay. I don't like that they're changing what warp looks like. Uh huh. And I didn't like that when they did that in uh, JJ Verse and I didn't love it when
0: they did it in the movies Uh
1: anyway okay I'll continue
0: in the however in the movies didn't they like in motion picture didn't they um, just sort of add trails but essentially look the same yeah, yeah yeah so it was like a little improvement I, I do want to point this out. You could argue that the technology evolves over time, so it does. So, if
1: you're watching, uh, the time code of the uh, thing is 43 seconds in here, right? Mm-hmm. Hit play. Okay, stopping here. Look at this. Look at the angle of these pillars when she's looking out from the bridge. Yeah. The bridge is below the saucer section on this ship. Oh, the bridge is at the bottom. Interesting bananas i know crazy let's keep going great unifiers a few and far between but they do come
0: but wait is that is that what is what what isn't the thing above supposed to be the dome on the top of the ship yeah but there is no dome on the top of the ship
1: oh i see so
0: often such leaders will
1: need a profound cause for the so is that sarek it certainly
0: looks like Sarah. I think that's supposed to be Sarah, right? The, oh, I young Sarek. Was cast I like as that. Sarek. Someone was cast as Sarah.
1: They announced it. Oh,
0: that's a nice touch. You don't like that? Yeah, no, I'm into that. That's okay. great.
1: Followers to rally around. Okay, so I've paused it again. We're at
0: 56 seconds. We got a good look at the bridge. What do you think of the bridge? Hold on a second. Wasn't S- Spock's dad kind of down on him for being in Starfleet? Yes. All right. Very good. And for being half human. Um,. What do you think of the bridge? Um, you know, it looks cool. It's very Battlestar. It's a little too Sle- not Star Trekky for me. Well, that's the. Th- it's, I think yeah. I mean, it's clearly like I like it because I like it when things are more like. More like, you know, we're about to kick some ass. I mean, it's obvious they're taking some cues from
1: the JJ-verse. Right. Uh, We've got some lens flares popping up over here. Oh, that's true. Uh, We've got these uh, handy-dandy product scanners that they put in as
0: joysticks. Uh Uh-huh. you know, all right. It kind of almost looks like the Mirror Mirror universe. So let's also take a look. Maybe it is. Because her, her her uh, her captain's chair is so sort of... Uh, imperial. Imperial, I was going to yeah,
1: say. Yeah. Um, so let's look at the three different colors here. Uh, we have uh, what looks like a gold, copper, and silver. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's like a blue hint, whatever. So, as far as I can tell, gold is command here, blue is sciences. I'm assuming he's the science officer. And uh, copper will put, uh, we'll make that, uh, I guess that'd be engineering. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, again, this is just speculation on this.
3: What am I looking at? Object of unknown origin. We've come all this way, Captain.
4: It would be
2: irresponsible to leave whatever that is unknown.
4: What have you done out there on the edge of Federation of Space?
3: Computer, enable igniter.
1: Okay, so it looks like a Klingon funeral is happening. And look, the Klingons.
0: It's so that's the explanation? That they turn into humans and then they turn into the Klingons we know? No, that's not the explanation. Oh. This is just bullshit. Oh. This is
1: just them changing the design for oh, the Oh, I thought you were saying it was part of the mythology now. No, I'm saying the original change was part has been made part of the canon. This change, as of yet, is uncanonical to me.
0: This has been established as in the prime universe. Is yes. that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we have these
1: Klingons that look different. I don't understand why you need the Klingons to look different. Like you want to put them in more badass outfits or something,
0: go for it. But I, frankly, the thing that that bothers me even more than the fact, than the fact that they look different is that the design of the outfits seems like a departure from the culture of Klingons. Like they look more Borg-like well, and alien. Well, they
1: do have the they do have the large shoulders, which was always a thing, and the V coming down and the and the and the drape out. They follow the lines, as far as I'm concerned. The lines of a Klingon outfit. I don't know. That's so... Okay, so that's it's the 120. Weird the own
3: what signature's detected? Contact Starfleet Command. We have engaged the Klingons.
1: It's the bottom of the ship. You will yeah. never learn, Vulcan. Your tongue is too human.
2: I'm trying to save you. trying
1: to save all of you obviously a Klingon funeral and they're yelling into the sky so they keep that part of canon
0: Uh uh-huh sure
1: why what do you mean just throw everything out if you're gonna fucking change their look that much neck
5: cut off its head staff lead to dozen fire first we have to
3: my people were biologically determined for one purpose alone to sense the
4: coming of death I sense it coming now.
1: So that's a Klingon and her out on That seems like a vague sort of ability thing. to sense the Very death. Very vague ability. Is, is that Doug Jones? I
0: don't know who's Doug Jones.
1: Doug Jones is the actor that, you know, whenever you're in a heavy makeup in a Guillermo del Toro movie and you need to be slender,
0: it's Doug Jones. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody would tweeted us about him.
1: I haven't read any of the interviews. This CBS All Access. I just do want to say that, for me, Star Trek has always been about one thing, and that's hope. Okay. This trailer did not express that to me in any way, shape, or form. I would like a... Like, you know, this trailer could have... If it just turned a bit at the end and it became Michelle Yeoh or whomever, Uh uh, Oscar Isaac, whoever the... Who's the captain of the Discovery? They cast him, and I can't remember his name. Anyway... Uh they uh, just a shot of him in his chair saying, Let's see what's out there or Right, you know, let's explore the rest of this galaxy, any dumb sort of thing that just let me know, okay, this is about humanity and well, and, and exploration.
0: You, you kind of have put your finger on a on a key issue, which is they don't they don't really show in the trailer what thematically it is about. Right. I mean, they're engaging the Klingons, so it's like, it's going to be kind of excited. We're meeting Klingons for the first time. Well, it's not the first time. They met them in Enterprise. Continue. Oh, right. Of course. But, the, uh, uh, but the, the issue of, like, her kind of taking over command and... This really looks to me like to be an individual story, and it
1: looks to be, the way this trailer is cut, it looks like her story. Right. Which, you know, is all well and good, and uh, I mean interested in her story, but for me, Star Trek's always been about a crew and about humanity and not about one person. The Next Generation is not about Riker or Picard and what well, their... Uh, but I wish it was. We all do. <laughs> uh, and their individual journey. It was never about what Kirk, what Kirk's character is going through. It was never about any of these things. It was always about humanity and the exploration uh, and betterment of uh, humanity and the the welcoming of all cultures. And I'm not seeing any of that
0: in this. Well, this raises an interesting question. Um, I often say that things are interesting before I say what they are. And we'll see if it's interesting. Um, that you... It, because Star Trek as a whole, and I believe it becomes more serialized as we are, as we go into Deep Space Nine, correct? Yes, that is correct. So comparing and contrasting that progression... To just the the one-offs analyzing themes in each individual episode, as they did in TNG in the original series, mm-hmm. what do you feel like when they went in that direction? That it was less effective for Star Trek. No, it it modernized
1: the franchise. Uh huh. Um, so then, isn't but, but this it was continuing never, in that? But it was never like about Cisco's growth. Uh-huh. Or you know, Cisco becoming a fucking Bajoran god, or you know, it was just always about the crew and the Federation and 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 doing what was right and stopping the Dominion. Uh huh. So, again, this is a trailer, so I'm still very very excited to see
0: it. But doesn't a serialized to? story work better if it's? It is about a person. Yes, if you're it's following a, a person's arc, it's a crew. You want to follow their homework. well. You know, I'm sure they're. You know, they can't get everything in. I'm sure again, everyone will yes. have their. It their is a plot. Trailer.
1: So I'm again uh cautiously optimistic but those are my thoughts those are just my reactions
0: to the trailer i think that they're valid i uh, i also my my thought was as we were watching it and you were breaking it down is uh i bet you that to some degree they're going for a kind of better call saul kind of like oh it's going to connect to the things that you love you know with you bringing spock in and and uh, who knows what Sarek. else serek yeah um so I wonder if that was what their thinking was. Although, on a whole, I totally agree with you. That it's just like, it's the future. Let's go forward. Yeah, stop going backwards, guys. <laughs> which I think maybe uh, some of the commentary we're about to hear from uh, our calls. It's like the Rogue One thing. which I thought, Well, that I disagree okay. with.
1: No, no, no. But I'm saying it's like, they did a prequel, but it was about an established event. Oh, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was about a thing that we all knew about. Yeah. Which is also to the point of, like, I didn't really have a problem with Star Trek 2009. Except for the fact they blew up the timeline. I didn't. I had no problem seeing Kirk and Spock's first adventures together.
0: There's a lot of stuff I feel in Star Trek's past that I would love to see. Like the eugenics wars and Khan and sure stuff like that. So... I don't know. I don't know why they didn't dig into that canon. Maybe they will. Well, let's I guess he- this is
1: after. Let's uh, hear. Let's hear what our uh, listeners have. to All
0: right. Think. I don't know that it's that different, my friend. Oh, interesting. Here we go. Uh, the, they're uh, mostly voicemails. Let's hear it, gentlemen. This is Cosmo and Valley Glen. Um, Discovery trailer. Not feeling it. I got way more trekey good feelings from the Orville trailer. Agreed. Um, the Discovery trailer looks way too much like the J.J. universe. Um, the Klingons look ridiculous. I agree. Uh, um, <laughs> the uniforms going to suck. The lighting in the ship. I like it the, the uniforms. The
1: lighting in the ship I don't love um, also. I hate,
0: hate, hate that we are going back in time again. We did that Why? Prize, we did exactly. That Why can't we move forward? Why can't we be 20 years after the events of Voyager or Nemesis? Uh, it just seems so limiting, and I hope it's great. And I'm gonna get CBS All Access and watch it. But this really didn't do anything for me.
1: I can't. I couldn't. I've never agreed with someone calling into a podcast more.
0: Uh, there you go. This is from Joe in Texas, and I've
1: called into podcast. Hi
0: guys, this is Joe from Texas. Um, so I wanted to talk to you guys about what I thought about the the uh, preview. So it looks really. Some of the stuff looks really cool.
1: My problem with uh, Star Trek Discovery and and with Star Trek Enterprise for that matter is that they're supposed to be occurring before Kirk and Spock but I, I think I would like it more if it was a futuristic show that looked like the classic 60s television show as far as hairstyles and clothing and everything like that. I agree
6: with that. Cool. So if they
1: could pair those two together, kind of like a Mad Men-esque thing where mm-hmm. it's a classic look, but in modern, you know, but it's obviously being made in a modern time, that would be uh, that would be a lot more interesting to me. Thanks, guys.
0: Love the podcast. That would be more interesting to me. I totally agree with that. And I think that would have been more interesting. And I think it also, and I hope that they do this, and again, it's hard to tell from the trailer, but it's kind of the reason that I I love Voyager was that they're constantly under the gun. And I kind of feel like they should be playing on that early, you know, earlier uh, journeys in space kind of, like the distinction between Star Trek and the original series is it does feel like they're, in more dire situations and trying to figure out how to even survive in certain situations compared to next generation. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to see that even more extreme in this series. And I don't, it doesn't feel necessarily like that's what they're doing. Um, okay, here's another one. <clears throat> Just, it's okay. here we go. Here's the other one that I play. Okay. <laughs> Hi guys, this is Joe master from improviser. Texas. Oh, I um, already so I did to talk that. To about master I, gosh, that like. master improviser. Oh my gosh! Damn, master improviser. It's not improvising has nothing to do with this. this Joe from Texas, is, <laughs> back these are again. Skills. These are separate skills. Uh, here it is. Okay.
7: Yeah. Hi, uh, James here from uh, California. Um, apart from the accent. Hmm. Uh, uh Andy I really enjoyed your voicemail there um, the message that was quite funny just watch the Discovery trailer again um, and it's not getting me uh, I'm a real big fan of um, the sciencey nerdy stuff behind the next generation Agreed. and this feels like it's going to be uh, far too action packed and it could be any random sci-fi um, the Orville trailer however looks brilliant Galaxy Quest Um, with Seth MacFarlane is uh, gonna be a winner Uh, I cannot wait Um, so yeah that's my two pence Um, thanks for the show guys Uh, I listen every week and it's great have a good day
0: that's the uh, that's the reason we have a voicemail so we can hear those kind of accents If you have an accent call in (laughs) Um, yeah so pretty much uh, on board with uh, with your perspective down the line Um, and I don't disagree um I am more open to it being kind of an adventure-y. It's because you don't like Star Trek. That's not true. You're, I like the original Star the Wars series fan. I am a Star Wars fan also, so I'm I'm a little bit more open to both.
1: But you but must like, have loved, think about like if someone did this to your beloved Wars of Stars.
0: Mm-hmm. You mean they? How would they make it more intru- more exciting? Though?
1: <laughs> you mean like if they went back and did a TV show? Yeah. You know, and they were like, well, this TV show is going to be set ten years before the uh, New Hope. Isn't that
0: what Rogue One was?
1: Well, hang on. And then they were like, Well, let's completely change the aesthetic of everything. Uh huh. Like, what did we love no, what, sure. what did we love about Rogue One? We loved how all the fucking buttons
0: and no, everything was 100%. like seventy. The aesthetic of and honestly, what that's if the all thing of a sudden they were like the they were like, hmm. Well, you know, Darth Vader was made in the seventies. Well, you're talking to me like I've disagreed with you, and but I I'm agree just saying, like, you wh-
1: wouldn't you feel like a hundred percent? that would infuriate. Why are you doing yeah, that? that? You doing that? Like, what if they were like, me. well, the technology they had to make Darth Vader's costume wasn't great. We've made it better,
0: and I'm not telling you that I disagree about that. I agree that the Klingons is a completely weird choice. Yeah. Um
1: Uh, Just just in terms of the
0: plot stuff. Maybe these aren't Klingons. Oh, I thought would they establish that they were Klingons. They are. I (laughs) I know. I'm just like holding out hope. (laughs) All right. Let's get into the uh, commentary on the Arsenal of Freedom. Oh, the Arsenal of Freedom would have been last week. So we're going to hear from people who disagreed with me. Guys, uh, I'll admit that I'm only experiencing each of these episodes through your podcast, not watching them completely either before or after, (laughs) which I love. Uh, In the last episode, we listened to LaForge at a ship's log supplemental in which he was speaking in the present tense. I'm unable to beam up the away team. Um, Chief Engineer Logan is on his way to the bridge. So are we to believe that in the middle of a crisis, and this is something that I've wondered myself, Matt, the Mm -hmm. acting captain of the Enterprise stops to add the ship's log. Maybe Geordi's mechophilia extends to the need to upload everything to the computer, regardless (laughs) of the danger this distraction could potentially cause. Regards, Michael Syme. Michael, good point. um, Do you have any stance on how supplementals work or it's just basically how supplemental logs go it's just a it's I a, always, a
1: I always just imagined it was like a, they do you're it. sitting in the chair and you're like boom button <laughs> supplemental log uh, i'm unable to get the away team up my crew's doubting me yeah if it was troy smells weird <laughs>
0: i wonder if he ever
1: does Worf's looking at me like i don't know what i'm doing
0: uh, wharf has got to bug up his ass today you know what i mean what what Worf? <laughs> Okay, um, this is entitled Friendship, Matt, Myra, Andrew, Secunda Which is in our opening It is crawl from Robert Smith I thought this was uh, just a, such a sweet email Gentlemen, I was listening to the beginning of the episode Covering the arsenal of freedom And Matt mentioned that you two have only been friends for a year That's amazing You two honestly sound like you've been best friends for years <laughs> Matt disputes that And then he says, you've given me a little hope. I recently relocated my family to Nashville. Uh, I love it down here, but I work from home and do not know anyone. I was starting to give up hope that I could make new friends of any substance at this point in my life. Listening to you two, especially after learning that your bond is only a year old, has shown me that it's possible. Thank you very much. Keep doing what you do. Well, thank you for listening. And if I'm ever in
1: Nashville, I'm happy to go guitar shopping with you, sir.
0: That's nice. Uh, and you know even if you don't like
1: guitars a lot of it just might be just dragging your guitar shopping
0: <laughs> <laughs> you'd be going anyway in Nashville uh, Chris K writes us just want to let you know that you can change the echo trigger word to computer instead of Alexa oh yeah was that a tweet uh, I think a lot of people tweeted it, told us that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's very cool. And uh, by the way, um, uh, Robert Smith also mentioned Matt's continuous mentions of how great Alexa is on episode twenty kept setting mine off, which I heard from a lot of different <laughs> people. Say, Alexa, change the temperature. Why are Alexa. you
1: listening to it without like? Why are you putting this on without headphones? I find that fascinating. I've never listened to a podcast without headphones. I haven't either.
0: Maybe everybody in the house and household enjoys it. Well, maybe they're home alone. Hey, guys. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s going on automatically, which we, we debated. Yep. It did happen before in the T.O.S. episode, The Changeling. At the very beginning, Sulu reports to Kirk that S.H.I.E.L.D.'s just snapped on. Something hitting in at multi-warp speeds. Jonathan Lowe. Oh, Loman. that's cool. Uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, hey, guys. Greetings from Ireland. Loving the podcast. Listening to your episode, Heart of Glory. Long lingering issue I have with technology surfaced. How does the Universal Translator know when an alien wants to speak in their own language? No buttons are pressed or commands given before the switch is made. Example, warf speaking in Klingon and Heart of Glory. Dave B. Which I agree. Great question. and I don't know the answer to that. To me, that kind of fits in with also the questions of how do they know when
1: they're talking to into, on someone? Uh, yeah, on, mm-hmm.
0: and when the communicator knows when to stop listening. Yeah. You know, it's like it's very strange. Um, and then Ryan Brewer uh, has a f- sort of connected thing to that. Andy, I love your theory about the Klingon language. My theory is that many words. Oh, I'm just said this myself. My theory was that many words in the Klingons that the Klingons uh, say are just made up, and then the other Klingons are too proud to admit that they have no idea. What's what the other person is saying. Uh, he says, It has always bothered me that the Universal Translator can translate every language except Klingon. Uh, Matt, don't you bring up that Darmok bull? Uh, is that a later episode? I'm assuming it's... Darmok Angelad at Tanagra? Okay, I will find out. And this theory finally makes sense of it. If the language is just something that the Klingons make up to screw with outsiders, then the Universal Translator wouldn't be able to translate it. True. Thanks, Ryan. Um... Uh, oh, a uh, couple of fun facts about Hearts of Glory. Heart of Glory. Hurley. That's two episodes ago. I know, but I, I didn't have my stuff organized. Uh, but anyway, here's the bottom line about the uh, the Klingon thing. Um, Hurley wrote the screenplay in two days. Uh, and It was from a story by Herbert Wright and DC Fontana. Because of the delays, the Klingon language portions of the script didn't make any actual sense in translation and were simply Klingon-sounding words created by Hurley. So my my theory was 100% correct. The Klingon words mean nothing. Klingon used in this episode is nonsense, doesn't follow the Akran grammar and rules. Um, all right, let me skip ahead because Matt, uh, uh, let me just do a prime corrective. Hang on. I can't. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Hold on. Oh,
1: boy. He's trying to move on because I'm looking at him like I'm annoyed. And this is what he chooses to read. Uh,
0: Stephen Craniotis says, Why not always move at warp nine? Warp drives damage the fabric of subspace. Which so is not
1: established until season six.
0: That's true. So they were. So why were they doing it before that is your question? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jake Coburn says, uh, FYI, Matt. Oh, I think that he he went back on this. He a Star Wars Galaxy thing. And then later he said, oh, wait a minute. I think I'm wrong on that. So never mind. Uh, Scott Rosenblum uh, said to me did you say Tantoine? and I was like I didn't say Tantoine, and then I heard the episode and I did say Tantoine, so
1: but I've heard I know it's Tatooine but I've heard Tantooine haven't you hasn't doesn't someone say it like that
0: it certainly is 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 like I feel like in my I feel like Alec Guinness says it at some point it is definitely spelled Tatooine but I believe that people say Tantooine some people have said that people get in the show or I mean I could be fucking a lunatic but
1: I'm i don't know i think that, that i swear i swear to god i've heard people say that before but it's like the leah Leia thing you know uh it's Leia though it is Leia. yeah but i've heard people say leah canonically right anyway or maybe i've heard i don't know point is we're done with that second
3: that
0: wasn't too bad was it matt well, I, a I feel
1: bad. weird about it because we shoved the Star Trek Discovery stuff in the middle of it. And I, and, I oh, thought right. we were, and I thought we were done with the hailing frequencies.
0: After Star Trek Discovery?
1: Before Star Trek Discovery. We didn't do any before Star Trek Discovery. Felt like we did because we read the Admiral stuff. Oh, see, so the Admiral stuff mind, is a So in my mind, because I would have, had I been able to, had I thought this out, what would have happened was we would have finished hailing frequencies. Then I would have started discovery because I think a lot of people wanted to hear that and then I would have done the episode.
0: I think what we have to do is we just have to have a... Or give up. Are we well, Okay, well, that's also another option. Uh, I think uh, someone had suggested that we just once a month do um, do emails or hails. And I feel like we do
1: that and oh, then we uh, do... The... Listen, I think if I'm putting the time code in, if I'm taking the time to write down what time this fucking starts, yeah, then... People can get off their high horse and right. just fast forward to the minute mark that I will state, which at this point will be
0: the thirty-eight minute mark. All right. Well, um, I'm trying to get your your hails in. Um, I think Matt has a valid point that I'm a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know how to edit them. <laughs> I don't know. How to, I don't know how to choose between them.
1: Well, it's like some emails I think are good for us. Others are just like. Good for us to read online, and some are good for us to just read personally and react to as individual podcast hosts. Right. Okay. Well, let's 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 take a step back into the wayback machine and talk about Symbiosis, which was production number one twenty three and aired the week of April eighteenth, nineteen eighty eight.
0: That's right. And uh, Matt Whitney Houston topped the U.S. pop charts with "Where Do Broken Hearts Go." by Pet Shop Boys was still the favorite in the UK. Um, Operation Praying Mantis, in the spirit of Memorial Day, was uh, launched by the U.S. naval forces against the Iranian fleet in retaliation for their mines laid in the Persian Gulf. The aircraft carrier USS Enterprise was involved and carried the battle group commander of the U.S. forces in this engagement. And uh, our friend Matthew Kirk notes in parentheses, it was a flagship. Um, Which has been a debate on the podcast. At the time, it was the largest naval battle since World War II. Time magazine's cover featured the headline But Out the War Over Smoking. And Colors was released in the U.S., starring Sean Penn and Robert Duvall, and directed by Dennis Hopper.
1: A voice for the ages, Whitney Houston. Rest in peace.
0: Rest in peace, Whitney.
1: Uh, what if we just turn this into a Whitney Houston retrospective <laughs> podcast?
0: Apparently people will have the, no problem with it. We are uh,
1: not the authorities on such a thing. So this uh, episode was directed by Wynn Phillips, and the story was by Robert Lewin. Teleplay by Robert Lewin, Richard Manning, and Hans Beimler. Beimler, I haven't settled on a way to pronounce that yet. Beamlar is funnier. Here is your synopsis from the Star Trek The Next Generation Companion by Larry Nemesik, uh, revised edition. While studying drastic solar flares around Delos, the Enterprise picks up a confusing distress call from a disabled freighter in the system. Only four of its six passengers are beamed away in time because the crew members insist on sending over the cargo first. The survivors are from two neighboring worlds, Breca and Ornara. And the cargo is Felicium, a drug grown by Breca, which cures a 200-year-old Ornaria plague. The two haggard Orn- Ornarians, again, I'm, that's, I think that's how you say that, demand the shipment. The Brekkians insist the deal is off. The desperate Ornarians convince Picard to meditate. Nope, that's mediation. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy. Uh, he gets them one dose apiece. But Dr. Crusher realizes the cure is a narcotic. The Breckians have kept the unknowing Ornarians addicted for profit for two centuries. Crusher demands to let the Ornarians know, but Picard cites the Prime Directive. He does find a solution to the dilemma, however. He refuses to prepare the Ornarians' remaining freighters. Now, no trade in the low-technology system will occur and the Ornarians, although they will suffer withdrawal, will conquer their addiction. <sighs> well, this one starts in a fun way, which is a captain talking to his ship.
0: No, no. do they? Does yeah. it? Our captain's liking this. All hands, yeah. this is the captain. Oh.
7: <laughs> As you may know, the sun in the Dallas system is undergoing large-scale magnetic field changes, producing violent, gigantic flares. Now we shall be studying this star at close range, even though we shall be running with full deflectors, the closeness of this event and its severity will create problems. Intense magnetic fields have a disruptive effect on electrical systems. Therefore, we can expect communication interruptions as well as potential temporary loss of other systems. As a precaution, we are now going to yellow alert. Stay sharp,
0: everyone. I love the stay sharp.
4: Yellow alert. Engineering, this is Lieutenant Commander Data. Bring all systems online
0: and direct full power to the shields.
7: All sections secure, sir. General Forge. Course is set, Captain. Half impulse. Aye, sir.
0: One half impulse.
7: Our main viewer.
1: For a moment, they do the lighting the way I enjoy, which is very like uh, the lighting when they're next to the Amorosa, the observatory in Star Trek Generations. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or it just looks like sunlight is coming in.
7: I've got the photosphere.
1: <laughs> that's how they. That's how they. That's how they decide that they're gonna stop the sun from being so bright in their uh, view screen is they put up a essentially clipart of a circle. I like over that. it. She has to adjust it. Because um, it doesn't quite land yeah, it's like, where it's supposed oh,
0: whoops, to. Not quite centered. Uh, it's like, like a 24th century computer can't go. This is where the center of the star is. <laughs> the episode.
1: um, So I'd forgotten what this episode was about. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I thought it was going 14 different ways because I was just insistent to myself that, no, I can't just do a fucking normal drug episode. It's just not a just say no thing. Let's just not do that. I mean, I can't do that. Why would they do that? It's ridiculous.
0: It It is where they go. There's no question about it. And, um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of... I just had questions galore as I went through this episode. Um, but uh, the primary thing is... Um, these guys have, uh, they give each other electric shocks, and they have these cool powers, and... Oh, uh, we'll get to the powers. All right. I do like Wesley's reaction when his terminal yeah, goes out. they
3: are being hit by huge bursts of x-rays.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. Cool. Maybe we'll all die. Look. Look. Captain... My console seems to be overloading. Or I intentionally destroyed it. <laughs> Up to you. I'm adjusting. Whatever you choose to believe, sir. power. <laughs> I like that's like an old school TOS tunic. Well, that's like a
1: that's like the dude like the 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 I'm gonna go into a Jeffrey's tube and fix some
0: shit outfit. Is that consistent? in TNG? Because to me, yeah. it seems more like Geordi people and, that they would uh, see.
1: Geordi and uh, Data wear them at, at one point. Oh, or, really? Yeah. When they're in the Jeffries tube fixing shit. Okay. Um, so they get a hail from a um, freighter Uh And in retrospect, knowing that this episode is about drugs, it makes you really fully appreciate the communications problem that they're having with these people. (laughs)
0: That actually makes a lot more sense. Because I was going to say, I don't understand why they're such idiots. And I guess if the suggestion is, it's because they're so drugged out. They're fucking high as a kite. So So it's
1: like when we were doing bong hits on the show and someone was just (laughs) playing back a slowed down version of the show. Yeah, that's what it's like. Let's hear this. Let's Freighton hear this minutes.
7: hailing. Unidentified freighter. This is the USS Enterprise. Enterprise.
4: This is the UNR and freighter. Sanction.
7: Put this on the main viewer.
1: Hi, the as The transmission
3: is still breaking up. Uh-huh.
7: Freighter. Sanction. This is the Enterprise. What is your situation? Not
6: oh, too good. good. Yeah. The yeah, isn't
0: working. Yo. No. What is the problem?
7: This is the Enterprise. With all this interference, it is difficult to copy your transmission. If you all talk at once, it is almost impossible. Now, please, say again, what is your situation? I am Tajan, captain of the Sanction.
1: Last. How can we help? This is like a cop pulling over a, <laughs> a drunk driver. <laughs> I am no
4: longer able to maintain the orbit, nor am I able to use the main
0: thrusters.
4: So you know, dead I
0: can't. Have you had any Felicium tonight, sir? Shut down? Shutdown. Uh, plague, well, that is sir. A vague. There's a plague. I can't. What is the computer now? You're gonna have to do a spacewalk for me. I,
1: I have like in a straight line. I can't. So Um Do we
0: get to the point where he goes What's wrong with these people uh, <laughs> That's my favorite it's Picard line I up to this well, point yeah. in the series tempted,
3: sir. Captain The tractor beam is available If you want it
7: At least we can pull them out of orbit before the end of the atmosphere Fredo We're going to lock on the tractor beam and pull you I think out it's here bit. Hey that, that's great
1: I mean, I could have told them the tractor beam wouldn't work uh, there. Sure.
7: The freighter's orbit continues to deteriorate.
3: The solar flares are interfering with the tractor beam, Captain. I can't lock on.
7: Captain Tujon, we're unable to attach the tractor beam because of the intense solar activity.
4: I understand. Thanks for
7: trying, sir. I've determined what is
0: malfunctioning. Oh well.
7: Operator. Captain, we have analyzed your problem. Great. Data. Your ship's design uses an electromagnetic coil to constrict the exhaust flow. That coil is misaligned. Really? You have the necessary tools to realign the coil? I don't think so. I believe, Captain, we can provide them with a temporary substitute. Our ship's stores contain a coil of the proper time. Can we beam one over? Yes. Captain, we're beaming over a replacement coil. That's great. And that'll fix us up. Yes, once it's installed. Right. How
1: do we do that? What is the matter with these people? <laughs> uh, so, like, you know, when you're first watching this, yeah, you're just, you're very confused. See, and then once the curtain has been revealed that they are just high on drugs, the writing becomes insane.
0: You know, what's interesting is I, um, I I thought this was genius. I thought this was... Genius comedy, like like kind of ahead of its time, and so it was like almost like a a scene out of The Office, you know, just so. Uh, understated, and Picard being annoyed, and these people just being idiots, and it's, it's just, just a, such a great thing of like, oh yeah, why wouldn't you just run into idiots in space? <laughs> and the fact that now, in retrospect, it's like, nah, they were drugged down crazy people, right? like, oh, so so empty-headed, those druggies, it's just like, no, nah, that's a drag. Right, because he wanted to be, that they're just the stupidest such people a, in space such an amazing species to just have a species of people that are just idiots i, I, I don't do, know man do they have to be in the federation wait will that do it these freaking people yeah come on let us in bro um but of course this raises my one of my main questions about that that species or race or whatever the hell they are is mm-hmm. is um um how did they become a spacefaring
1: seem like they became a spacefaring race before the plague did
0: they i feel like oh yeah i guess they were pretty advanced huh yeah okay then that that explains it and then like they started
1: taking this shit for 200 years like they never progressed Uh uh-huh the other people decided well we don't have to do anything we just have this whole
0: system worked out we'll just make money from this so theoretically the ship is like 200 years old and it's like idiocracy and it's yeah all right. I would assume. I mean, it's a little bit thin. That's what I'm inferring. Okay.
1: Oh, this episode's a little bit thin. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's beam him up, shall we?
7: Captain Dijon go to your transporter room. Contact me from there.
4: Right, Enterprise. It's right next door. But if you can't get us with your transporter, what makes you think ours will do the job? I'm going to
3: interconnect them.
4: I didn't know you could do
3: that. Hurry! We're running out of time. We're on our way. I don't think they're going to make it.
7: Captain Dijon doesn't sound like he cares one way or the other.
3: Worf, how much time do we have?
7: One minute, 28 seconds.
3: Captain Dijon, are you there? We're in the transporter room. Great, activate your transporter. Set coordinates, nine seven zero three. So I have to
1: assume that at some point in her career... Yeah. Uh... Kasha Yar served as transporter chief aboard a vessel because she handles a
0: lot of transporting. She handles the communication, she handles security, she handles the transporting. It's just completely weird. It's too much. No, crap. It's too much for any one person to do. And the chief engineer seems to be constantly changing.
1: Bye Andy. <laughs> the end of the show. Enterprise. Disengage.
7: No, forget about that. Lock out of any life form you can find and get them over here now. Trying sir. The freighter is going down. Transporter room, you're out of time.
3: Reading six life forms, but I can't get a solid lock.
7: We have no choice. Energize.
4: I thought you said there were six.
7: Where are the other two?
3: The lock didn't hold.
7: Re-establish. It's
3: too late.
1: Boom. Number one. All right, anyway, they get beamed aboard.
2: Were never delivered.
1: They were they destroyed beam the drugs your
0: ship.
4: Hence, the deal was incomplete. Hence, possession of the Felicium remains ours. We need it. Commander, I request you transport my associate and myself down to Brecka with our merchandise. So yes. Get them out of here. But the barrel stays.
2: There's no reasoning with you.
4: Langmore. you expect too much from them. You always have. And you've always been disappointed. You didn't pay for it. Therefore, it's not yours. Damn you. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're electrocuting each other with their hands.
2: Stop this. Now!
7: Security to cargo bay Eleven.
3: Yourselves,
0: gentlemen. That's pretty cool. That's what you are should be like all the time. (laughs) Just constantly
1: (laughs) firing phasers at people. Yeah, I think she should. I think she should just be total, like. It's just set to stun. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Captain. But
0: but he was just mouthing off, Tasha.
1: So then there's this. So we see them use this electrical power on each other. Visitors. And we're just like, whoa, that's crazy. We haven't seen a species that's able to do that before. And then the discussion that B'R and Riker have on it, you're like, oh, this will be an interesting episode.
3: A natural electrical charge. Formidable. Yes, and a difficult weapon to confiscate.
7: Oh, that's <sighs> an I agree. Never seen humanoids with that power.
3: Neither have I. I wonder how it evolved.
7: I wonder if the strong magnetic field of their sun might have something to do with it.
3: Could be. I wonder how much power our guests can produce.
7: Or if they need to
4: recharge.
3: (sighs) It's an interesting ability. The question is, how do I defend against it? Do
4: you think our visitors pose a threat?
3: I don't know. But if they do, I'd better be ready
4: for it. Precisely, (laughs) Lieutenant.
0: Omar just brought in his little rooster. I believe has catnip, and it, he brought it in and dropped it in front of us like a kill. But he meowed like, like a like a battle cry. I think, yeah, it, that's his Klingon call.
1: Oh no, Omar, have you lost a compadre? <laughs> <A> compadre <laughs> I'm pretty sure he killed the friend. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so, um, so well, here's well, here's just the side things. Obviously, John is. Played by Merritt Butrick, from uh, played David Marcus, Kirk's son, in Star Trek II, and uh, Soby on the other side, the snooty people, oh. is played by Judson Scott, who is Khan's second in command, in Star Trek that. II, which is a great waste of two. They're both, <laughs> I mean, they're players. both very good. They're both very good, uh, um, but uh, it's just it's so weird, so silly. The, and then the other thing I would say is they come from a depressed planet. Um, to John and the other guy, and and Romus, and Romus is dressed in basically blue jean suspenders, like he's out of the nineteen thirties Dust Bowl. Like he's just so hilariously like just a rural outfit, even though they're in space. Um, but. Uh
1: that's he was already showing stuff. the ravages of AIDS and died a year later.
0: Who? Merrick
1: Buttrick? Buttrick. Buttrick.
0: Oh. oh, that's too bad.
1: In March of 1989. Oh, I'm sorry, Merrick. Uh, because this story was filmed after Skin of Evil but would air before it, Denise Crosby's real last scene came in the cargo bay in Act 5. Uh, She's seen wildly waving goodbye from behind the console just as the corridor
0: door is closed behind Picard and Crusher. Did you see it? Because I saw it and I didn't know that. And I was like, what's going on? And I rolled it back. And to me, it almost looked like she was waving her fist at at the people in the the storage room. Just like, why aren't you working harder? I was like, what's going on? Um, Uh, But it was her waving. So the odd air
1: dates for the big goodbye and the arsenal of freedom. Mean that both shows feature Tasha, even though they occur after her death.
0: Luckily, I knew about the death; otherwise, that would be would be a huge spoiler. Well, we'll always have Paris next week. Um, Oh, not
1: next week! I suppose it's too. But I'm sorry
0: if he ruined it for anybody
1: else. I don't think I ruined it for anybody else.
0: Well, the people who watched it in order screamed
1: spoiler at me. Right, but fuck you, because you know what? I had to watch it when she was dead. Well, yeah, but why ruin it for other people? Because I want everyone to be the same. (laughs) (laughs) That's not very nice,
0: Matt.
2: (laughs) A single shipment of Felicium represents an enormous investment. We can't just give it away.
4: We paid for it. We ask for only what is ours.
2: That is your viewpoint. Ours, of course, differs.
4: You are going to hold to that position. I am constrained to abide by the terms of our agreement. Then you condemn us to death, Romus. You disgust me. If you could see the suffering, the plague has caused.
1: Well, Romus is good, I think.
4: You were going. Yes, to. I agree. And you see what it Except does, for the
1: suspenders disagree i think the suspenders the overalls make Captain, it <laughs> what <I> see, <laughs> really make the outfit
0: oh sorry yes
5: not right overalls now. not suspenders Captain.
1: so beverly crusher is trying to get to the bottom of this sitch this plague if you will
0: uh-huh are you playing 2140 because that's where i'd need a beverly thing yeah okay
1: Great. a lot of walking a lot, of, a lot of shoe leather that could cut out of this <laughs> what have you learned?
5: the Breckians show no sign of infection the Onarans show all the symptoms of a disease but I can't find a cause
7: perhaps it was filtered out by the transporter when they were being deported
5: there's no record of it then again the solar flare activity might have caused a malfunction in the biofilters or their monitors
7: they're going to die
5: I need to check further but my instinct says no
7: <laughs> do you think that we're in any danger
0: from this plague?
5: again I need more time some oh, missing pieces
0: that's all I need go ahead uh, it's just uh, Beverly but once again not being a doctor she doesn't know what's going on she needs more time <laughs> she can't solve it um, um, Beverly uh, in general is either if she does not have a learning disability has been foisted by by, uh, by Wesley into being
1: maybe she's playing dumb because Wesley
0: needs her to do so how does that serve her on the ship? I don't know. He's a sociopath. He knows more things than we do. It's definitely it's a complex, multifaceted plan that we can't possibly see all the angles of. Whatever the case, Beverly does not know what's going on. And his theories are very interesting because he's
1: really smart.
0: So smart. There's a lot of static on that. I don't know why. Let's go. Okay,
1: your your theories are great. Um, I wasn't saying anything about my theories. No, your theories are Andy, hang like, your head high, my friend. I feel like uh, you're you're put backing me. Put your position. shoulders back. You're you're doing a great job. You're, I'm not
0: saying I'm no, not doing a great no, job. No, Andy,
1: don't be so hard on yourself. Your theories are mostly listenable. Anyhow, um, I So this plague situation and they the discovery of the plague, It I feel like they did not take any precautions for beaming a plagued people on. Once they're in the observation lounge and they're like, oh, there's a plague, blah, 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 and they figure that out, they should fucking put everything on lockdown. Sure. No one should be able to move from place to place. Right. The corridors, the transporter room, everywhere they've been, the corridors, that turbo lift, that fucking... Bridge, the Observation Lounge, all should be on lockdown, and Beverly Crusher should beam in there with some kind of a mask or a spacesuit. suit. <laughs> they did at
0: least, um, do, they, do we ever see her in an outfit like that at any point in the series? Surgical outfit, yeah. Uh, well, not a surgical outfit, but at like a, oh, I'm dealing with the disease, so I'm going to get in this crazy outfit. Mm. Or minimally, I believe... Maybe we've already seen this. Is there a thing where she like puts her hands in through a, sh- a, f- a shield to do yeah, shit? Yeah. All right. So well, that's something. Um, I think that's more of sterilization. As
1: opposed to? As opposed to protecting her from whatever sickness that might be.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, at least my point was going to be they, uh, they do address. Did the transporters miss the disease?
1: Yes, that's good. The biofilters are now canonical. So that's something so let's talk about how douchey these drug dealers are okay which is so 80s they're sitting in their quarters together
4: may i say captain how impressed we are with your ship and all
7: its facilities thank you
2: and its crew everyone is so efficient and professional
7: i'm glad you're comfortable I've come to seek your agreement to Anon... That's
1: what drug lords want, by the way. They want efficient, professional people they can trust. Sure. on request. We cannot agree...
2: Wait. Let the captain speak. We want to be reasonable.
7: The two Anons are really quite ill and in are insisting that they need the Felicium. That is not surprising. Would you object to giving them enough for their own immediate needs... Captain, we Breckians are in business.
4: We are not in the habit of giving away that which has not been paid for. You would see them die
7: rather than share the meds.
2: We want to be fair, Captain. We agreed to permitting them two doses for immediate use.
7: No charge. <laughs> I'll let my medical officer handle it.
0: Yours give the first dose for free. That's what's crazy I trust about this. You won't this. mind if yeah. we're
2: present while you open the cargo?
1: They're gonna open the stuff. She wants to be there. Yeah, she doesn't want. They don't. She doesn't want them to find the drywall that's underneath.
0: Well, I don't understand.
1: Yeah, you break up drywall. Cocaine.
0: Oh, oh. <laughs> that's a that's a drug. King. Wait, you don't know, how, should, to, should, you don't know should, how to not rip off. Uh, you know how to rip off drug dealers? <laughs> no. Oh, no, come on, Andy. Not my area. Um, I will say um, they so just just pick this apart with me. So they. It's definitely very weirdly kind of right wing, and the the Nancy Reagan "Just Say No" 80s, talking yes. point, very eighties, straight down the line, and clearly they are presenting these guys as, as like you know cartoonish uh, drug dealers. However, I think that there is an element uh, that I that I thought was like, oh, this is kind of a more evolved perspective. That I thought that they were setting up the the snooty uh, drug dealers as representing almost society uh you know imposing it on the economically depressed um uh uh-huh. from a sort of more left wing perspective. You thought very highly of this writing. Yeah so Forgetting you think they're just supposed to be cartoonists you don't think it's supposed to be like the No I think it's supposed to be like the allowing let's the show how drugs bad to interest yeah. the economically depressed and not and then just uh, profiting off them Right Alright well That would have been More interesting to me
1: <laughs> uh, Let's see what happens When A Crusher puts it together
0: disease
5: Virulent Extremely persistent Yet I can't
2: isolate it The plague surprise, has baffled doctors On both planets For 200
4: years We've therefore concentrated On treatment Finding new ways To improve the potency And purity of Felicium
0: that also could be a really good
1: comment
4: on the refinement of this product.
0: On um, drug companies, on the good shit, on, on drug companies, and how drug companies—you know—sometimes th- people theorize that they they only come up with solutions to treat the uh, oh, for sure the issues and not. I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, right. but come on, so it could be a comment on that. It isn't, but treat it could be. Not at
2: all. We don't need any. The Arnarans provide us with everything we need in exchange for this.
7: Fascinating. Your society dedicated exclusively to the production of a single product. A product for which you have no use, but which the Arnarans cannot live without.
2: One of life's little ironies, Captain.
7: But one would be fools not
4: to take advantage of. It's mutually beneficial.
2: The Arnarans provide us with the necessities of life, and we provide them with the necessities of living. It is a fair exchange.
7: Interesting relationship.
0: Mm -hmm.
5: Excuse me. I'll take that to sickbay.
0: I don't know how the Onorans are providing them with anything, being such idiots.
1: I mean, the economic structure of the two planets is really... Really just... So vague. Yeah. Um, You know, there's one freighter. you think that the... Breckians would be interested in helping them fix this freighter that is the only thing that can get them back and forth and
0: the fact that it takes at the them end s- when they're
1: beamed down to that planet they're stuck there
0: yeah and they they the fact that it takes them that long the Breckians, to realize oh wait we're putting our you know our livelihood in danger by you know depriving them of the the drug because mm-hmm. they'll realize it it's like well, you only waited until that point in the plot where you revealed that there was no disease to have them realize that, but how come they wouldn't have thought that when they were saying where they were not going to give it to them at any point? Right. I don't know.
1: I think they were just holding out for some sort of money
0: mm-hmm. that they couldn't get because the
1: freighter's gone. Right. Here they are taking the drug, man. Crusher's looking at him like, oh,
0: hang on. Does Crusher want a taste? Yes, thank you. I'm fine now. Gates McFadden is very good in this episode.
1: I mean, she has to do so much without speaking. Yeah. Come. Oh, I was just looking at this list of things in four columns. (laughs) What can I do for you? (laughs) favorite crew members. <laughs> <laughs> it's his F. Mary kill what? list. <laughs> you, What's the you see, this character is uh, fuck, this is Mary, this is kill, and uh, this fourth column here is <laughs> transport tel- into space. I was
0: just gonna say that!
1: Uh, we really are friends, guys. Friends forever! Welcome to Star Trek, the next conversation. Symbiosis. We can't live without each other in the show. <laughs> Oh boy, that was a bad song. Yeah, That, that be our outro.
4: did not.
7: Then two hundred years ago.
4: Oh, so yes, this
1: way, is this is the big reveal here. This is
4: Valisium's
5: a narcotic.
7: and everyone on their world
5: is a drug addict.
1: Picard's like what? <laughs> drug addict really takes you out of the time. It does take you completely <laughs> into the eighties.
7: I think you'll find it's a fascinating tale that we've come across here, Captain. my interest, number one. Please continue Data, what have we got? Beginning several thousand.
1: I'd like to know how the console buttons on the Enterprise don't go off when Riker sits on every panel. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. when he sits down he should be launching photon torpedoes no wait Breka and like doing a, like activating the tractor beam or causing a warp core breach because he just drops his ass on all these touch panels anyway let's go
4: years ago the two planets took different paths Ornara became technologically sophisticated Brekka did not then 200 years ago Ornara was stricken by a devastating plague their advanced technology could provide no solution Somehow, and there is limited information on this point A cure was found in a plant Indigenous only to Brekka And which rejected all attempts at cultivation on Onara In any case, a trading situation developed which still exists
5: A nice arrangement for the Brekkians
4: And for the Onarans
0: Without the medicine, they would all die
5: No, they wouldn't Despite what the Onarans have been saying It is not a medicine Boom. It was a medicine But it cured the plague 200 years ago The plague is irrelevant now. It doesn't exist.
0: Then why are they so
1: desperate for the Felicia?
5: It's an addiction. The physical and psychological need is very real.
1: What? Captain, tell me about drugs.
5: (laughs) What are you going to do?
7: Based on what we know so far, there's nothing I can do.
5: You don't think drug addiction and exploitation is sufficient cause to, to do something? This
7: situation has existed for a very long time. These two societies are intertwined in a symbiotic relationship
5: with one society profiting at the expense of the other
7: that's how you see it
5: I can synthesize a non-addictive substitute which will ease their withdrawal symptoms
1: Mm. methadone Bev oh my god I forgot about the fucking guy calling up from the planet oh yeah did you recognize him
0: Uh, I know him for many things, but could not put my finger on what? Um, He was in a Cheers episode, and I actually remembered it.
1: Um, Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. He is the professor in... Uh, the episode, it's my fucking favorite episode of Cheers, where, where Diane writes the essay about, that's exactly right, about, uh, Sam, it's called, uh, Don Juan in Hell. Good job. Oh! Kenneth Tiger. Pew, pew, pew. Good job. Love that. That, uh, I have plenty headphones, but you can still hear us. Okay. That episode is written by, uh, Fuff, Fief Sutton, I believe.
0: Oh. This guy. Pulling uh, out the cheers
1: stuff. Oh, God, I love cheers. Well, that's knowledge. Let's, let's hear this. Okay.
7: Are my people on board your ship?
0: <laughs> Another great comedic performance.
7: <laughs> Some of them, yes. Yes, Dum Dumb. May I speak to them? Yes, Lieutenant Yar, how you now?
0: Is Before. everything chill?
7: Wait. I uh, don't want them to have access to the bridge. We will contact you in a few minutes
0: I don't want those drug addicts to have access to the bridge Who knows what they'll steal
7: I will continue this in the guest quarters
1: They'll definitely stain our carpet somehow (laughs) Whether it's with pizza or (laughs) urine (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here's the big moment
3: I can understand how this could happen to the Onarans What I can't understand is why anyone
4: would voluntarily become dependent on a chemical Voluntary addiction to drugs is a recurrent theme in many cultures.
3: Wesley, no one wants to become dependent. That happens later.
0: But it does happen. So why do people start?
3: On my home planet, there was so much poverty and violence that for some, the only escape is through drugs. How can a chemical substance provide an escape? It doesn't. But it makes you think it does. You have to understand, drugs... And make you feel good. <laughs>
1: okay. Make you feel
3: on top of the world. I like happy, some. Sure of yourself. Oh, all right. I'll take some. But it's artificial. It doesn't feel artificial until the drug wears off. Then you pay the price. Before you know it, you're taking the drug not to feel good, but to keep from feeling bad.
4: And that's the trap.
3: All you care about is getting your next dosage. Nothing else matters guess i just don't understand wesley i hope you never do
7: lieutenant Yah, we're ready in the guest quarters
1: <laughs> lieutenant Yah, bring the copper shampoo up oh
0: damn it hang on one sec <laughs> <laughs> well done thanks I found that um, much for some reason, the, uh, the sound was down on my YouTube. Oh, well, that's just you. That is me. Um, I, I think a, uh, someone had tweeted that at me, and I was like, oh, I don't understand. And now I realize what it was about. <laughs> oh, of
1: course. It's <laughs> so very,
0: obvious. It's a very after-school special episode of Star Trek. It was uh, crazy. I'm sorry. Poor Denise Crosby having to deliver that crap.
7: We're dying down here. We don't know it's worse than it's ever
6: been
7: before i'm doing everything i can you see what happened well, what stop i can't listen anymore <laughs> Dijon, there's so many people here so,
1: there's much so many people here we
7: need the medicine you've got to get it to us i can't go on help nope, to
1: I wonder what year that episode of Cheers aired. And if he worked on the same like week Ooh, on the Paramount question. lot one stage over. Yeah. That's fun questions with Matt. Uh, do you want to hear the dressing down of the drug folk? Sure
5: their planet as well
7: they were infected they used the Felicium to cure themselves but somehow their ancestors realized that it was a narcotic
5: they broke the cycle of addiction and never told the Onarans they let them continue to believe that without the Felicium they would die
7: I think it's worse than that my guess is that this refining process of which you are so proud is only
5: to increase the potency of the Felicium and tighten your grip
7: What are you going to do?
2: Are you going to tell them?
7: No. I'm bound by the rules of the United Federation of Planets, which order me not to interfere with other worlds, other cultures. If I were to tell them any of this, I would violate that prime directive.
0: That but you be happy are about that?
7: talking to us about it. This is information you already know, and so nothing has changed.
2: If you can't interfere, then you are going to allow the Onarans to have the Felicium.
7: Yes, I am. No.
2: Don't
5: do it. Jean-Luc, this is not a symbiotic relationship. This is exploitation, pure and simple. The Brekkians have caused all of this suffering and hardship only to make their pitiful lives easier. And all of mm. it based on yeah, a lie. So true. No, deny them this shipment. It is the least we can do.
7: And the moment they agreed to give them the Felicium, my hands were tied.
2: You are absolutely right, Captain. It's so, not your business
0: So cocky Mmm mm. mm. Those brekkies Are these mm. the
4: spare parts for our freighters? They look complicated Are they already
0: Aligned?
7: Right You'd have to ask the
0: captain <laughs> <laughs> I love how dumb they are
7: Captain Picard We've arrived at Onara and assumed standard orbit Knowledge, thank you I, t-
1: captain, I do like My the My planet is suffering card come up and here. Mess. Oh, that's great. The matter
7: is already decided. You're beaming down to your
1: world with the Felicium.
7: Great. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you'd help us. We, we thank you. Oh, don't thank me. Sorby and Langor, they decided to let you have it. Remember, Soby. We'll discuss the
4: payment
1: terms later. Sobe. The beverage. In the
2: meantime, there's no reason to deprive you of your needed medicine.
1: With the lizard? Huh? That's Probably, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sure Is it not right? I don't a know.
4: Fair deal for payment. May we beam down with you and discuss it?
1: Well, of course. Chances either of them work suck work his dick for payment? We appreciate it. Captain. <laughs> <laughs> <Man, I've got laughs>
4: We appreciate the
0: drug addict will do anything. Coils. Yes. Even if Our this. freighters are fixed.
7: Everything will be back to
0: normal.
7: No. No. The coils stay here. Uh oh. About our freighters. We want to repair them. You'll have to learn to do it yourselves. But we can't. If you
4: don't help us, our ships will soon be inoperable. Quite possibly. If you withhold those coils, you'll be disrupting the stability of both our planets.
2: And interfering with a trade agreement that has lasted for generations. What of your prime directive?
7: In this situation, the prime directive prohibits me from helping you. That's absurd. You did not think so when it worked in your favor. Oh. You want our world to suffer? Shit. Oh, no. I don't want that. Without the freighters, there will be no more shipments of Felicium.
0: We will die.
5: You must trust yourselves. There are other options.
0: Beverly, watch it. Little
5: close, Beverly.
7: <laughs> ensign, prepare to be our guest may
0: yours.
1: Uh the ensign looks like John Cho. Oh, yeah. Like like it's John Cho's dad. Is that, I mean, is yeah. that racist? I
0: can't I didn't see.
1: Captain. I hope you realize what you've done to us.
7: Yeah, yeah. We'll die.
0: You must so
1: trust use
7: this yourself. So You don't
1: have to hear it again. Andy is uh Andy wants to see if I'm, I if you know, I'm racist let's or not to see if he's
0: racist. Could just be uh, Let's see if I'm racist. Let's see. This is the, this is the classic yeah. <laughs> is Matt racist test. Somebody come up with a theme. <laughs> Uh, there's a... All uh, right. There's a similarity. He's got the same bone structure. And the hair. Than, uh, yeah, the hair, too. Okay, fair. And enough. same color Star Trek In fairness, metaphor. he doesn't necessarily even look Asian. So. Correct. Yeah. All right, fair. So... Enough. So, not a, not a racist. Yay! <laughs> today, Matt was not a racist. <laughs> yay! <Yeah. laughs> Matt's not a racist, today. Thanks, everybody.
1: <laughs> Couldn't have done it without... My family. <laughs> no, I could have. Um, I do want to take a look at that ship. That shot, rather, of the cargo bay of, of her waving. Okay. Oh, that's cute. That's a very cute m- thing she does. That's great. Yeah. It's
0: very obtrusive, though.
1: <laughs> I, nah, I mean, think about it if you're watching it on a, on yeah, I guess a, on a television on a in 1988. Yeah. Oh, the Felicium. We Goodbye, should learn. Um, wasn't it crazy that season when Felicium cut her hair? <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> you should. Weaving. Oh, sweet. <laughs> uh, if you're at home and you want to know what point in the show that happens, it's at 42. Uh, Forty two 4218. Somebody send me a link. I can just oh, okay. tweet it out. Um, I never knew that. I never knew that that's what happened. Oh. Why she was doing that. Also never noticed her doing that.
0: I noticed it immediately.
1: Oh, that's Andy. He watches everything like a hawk. I know, I do. Andy's um, got the eyes of an <laughs> angel. <laughs> In the eyes of an angel. I know it's arms. <laughs>
0: Away from... <laughs>
1: Uh well that does it for this episode, unless you have anything else to add about this episode that was about drugs.
0: Well, I love the conversation between Picard and Beverly and the Turbo Lift. I just thought they were both so great. I think that uh, Patrick Stewart obviously is always great, but um I think it's always great whenever it, uh the turbo lift is asked to hold. Uh yes. Well that was another thing. It was it was just like they're in this confined space and it's just an acting clinic in there. Do you, do you want he, he talks a lot about the prime directive is that worth I'll play it visiting um I like, okay. oh god here we go pull it up good to see the professor it's one of the only things I enjoyed in this episode as a matter of fact one of the only things what about what about John
1: Cho's dad <laughs> he was great Mainbridge. When the
5: Felicium runs out, the people of Onara will suffer horrible withdrawal pains.
7: No doubt that they will pass.
5: That seems so cruel. We could have made their burden easier.
7: Could we have? Perhaps in the short term. To what end? Hold.
0: What's going on? I need to use a turbo lift
7: The the Prime Directive is not just a set of rules It is a philosophy And a very correct one History has proved again and again That whenever mankind interferes with a less developed civilization No matter how well-intentioned that interference may be The results are invariably disastrous
5: it's hard to be philosophical when faced with suffering.
7: Believe me, Beverly, there was only one decision.
5: I just hope it was the right one.
7: And we may never know. Resume.
1: We.
0: <laughs> I just like that scene. Is that is that a general geopolitical perspective that that interfering in primitive cultures is always turns out badly uh for the culture
1: sure does yeah because it's usually a conqueror
0: right well say it's not a conqueror well what is an instance of such a thing uh uh, like when you taught me podcasting (laughs) (laughs) well in that case
1: andy it's (laughs) a-okay
0: you didn't uh, apply the prime directive to me and say andy doesn't know what he's doing
1: He does not. <laughs> I
0: certainly. I act like the people on the dumb drug addict planet frequently on this podcast. <laughs> um, the last thing I wanted to say is that Jordy uh, decides. Um, my dad's calling. I have to call you back, Pop. Uh, Jordy decides that they should go when when uh, Picard's like you choose where we go I'm not even going to decide Drew decides they should go to the opera line system somebody asks him why he says because we've never been there oh you mean this
7: Mr. LaForge take us out of orbit destination sir I don't care let's just get some distance between us and this system
4: aye sir course 970 mark 318 speed warp 3
7: where will that take us
1: Mr. LaForge the Opera Line system.
0: An They're interesting choice. beautiful mechanical devices Why? there. <laughs> but he says that we've never been there. Where will it there take and-
1: us? To the heart of the Klingon Empire, sir. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> um, I've got a bay full of, <laughs> of
0: torpedoes and nowhere to put them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my question is, the Federation flagship doesn't have a list of other crap to do at the end of each mission. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I would have been. Like, I like it. I would have been like, sir, we should probably continue studying these solar flares, like we're supposed no. to.
0: Get me out of here! I'm the captain. Get me out of here. Um, that was all I had. Well, that was a great ad because I forgot all
1: about that, Andy. So thank you for bringing it up. Um, okay, that does it for the episode Symbiosis. It's time for us to give it a rating.
0: Uh, It sure is time for us to give it a rating. Oh, wait.
1: Should we first
0: do the MVC? The
1: MVC is what we should do, really.
0: Well, it's the MVC. Yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be it be data? Riker, Troi, or Doctor Crusher? Gotta fill the time with something, at least until season three. Um, by the way, must have been very frustrating for like uh, Marina Sirtis Sirtis, yeah, to sit down at the table rate and be like, I got one line. <laughs>
1: Also, for her to go like, I could be pretty helpful in these negotiations. That's that you're totally having.
0: true. Too helpful. I oh, guess that's, I get it. Too helpful. I guess that's why they keep her out of the action a lot. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think?
1: Uh, you know, it's it's it seems like it could be a split vote for me of between Crusher and and Picard. Yeah. Uh, Crusher, of course, for discovering that it is indeed a drug, because otherwise they would
0: have been sent away with working coils. The, right. He, she, she sort of puts the pressure on Picard. Oh, oh, you're Not saying. Not
1: even that. I think if this episode goes by without Dr. Crusher. They don't figure out that it's a drug addiction.
0: Uh huh. Well then doesn't that make her
1: the MVC? I think it, I talked myself into Beverly Crusher being the MVC. Of I mean, episode. I was thinking
0: that it was just because she puts pressure on Picard to make the decision, but I think you're right. That decision doesn't happen unless she discovers it eventually. Yep. All right. I'm with
1: you. It was going to be Picard, but then I reasoned myself out of that.
0: I'm, and I was along for the
1: ride. Congratulations, Dr. Beverly Crusher. You've done it again.
0: <laughs> I think you've done it once.
1: <laughs> Have you ever done it before? Congratulations, <laughs> Dr. Beverly Crusher. Way to go. The Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it.
0: What? Uh, what Omar, oh, how has many Andy's would you like to give it? That's two. Oh. Three. Uh, a lot of Andes. that was very clear yeah that was a that was, i think that may be the only uh, well recorded meow from him every time i try and make him meow into a recorder he walks away well, uninterested
1: he, he's happy now and it lives on thanks to the episode symbiosis um, so, usually I give it first, right? Is that how we do this?
0: Uh, and then you we cause vary. Because
1: you don't like to... We vary. Or I let you go on,
0: and then I say, well, you're dumb because of this. I think I give it... I can give it... I can go first. Please. Um, I think you give it a one and a half. Uh-huh. That was another meow. I don't know if we count that one from Omar.
1: <laughs> he loves this episode. <laughs> this is by far his Omar, favorite episode. come on.
0: Why do you give it a one and a half, Andy? Uh... I, I did, just the only thing that was interesting was the um, the prime directive stuff and I guess also the elect- the electrics powers which they don't follow up on and play in no way into the plot right there's no follow up whatsoever um, all the stuff that I would have given credit for like the, the political undertones uh-huh. is uh, are not played into or even intentional apparently so I don't know the whole thing just was a Pointless. You know what? I'm upping it. I'm going to give it a two. Oh. I'm going to give it a two. And the two... You because it was because, coherent. Yeah. It just
1: wasn't good. I'm going to also give it a two. Interesting. And the two really, for me, comes from the performances by everybody. Oh, fair enough. I think enough. everybody was spot on with what they were given. Fair enough. Um, so, and uh, it was great to see uh, David Marcus one more time. I agree. So. And the other gentleman.
0: Thank you. Star Trek people's, um, the other gentleman, Judson Scott, Judson Scott, who said, "Congratulations!" We cannot follow them into the nebula, sir. Our shields will be useless. <laughs> so Our shields are down. Raise them.
1: <laughs> uh, they're doing a, in June. They're doing a screening of Star Trek: Two, The Wrath of Khan, at the Grammans Chinese Theater. I'm sorry, the TLC Chinese Theater. And Matt and I will uh, be honored guests presenting uh, we're it. We're going to be don't. honored guests uh, by <laughs> purchasing not. tickets and hopefully getting out of work in time. That's, uh, that's how they'll Both be honoring those. us. <laughs> yes, we're really just honoring ourselves. We're <laughs> not... But, uh,
0: we'll if not, you're not in, be acknowledged in any way.
1: If you're in the L.A. area and you're into Star Trek, why don't you come on out? Let's go see fucking Rathicon together. All right. Love it. Uh Boy, that about does it for this episode of Star Trek, The Next Conversation. Let's hear a preview for next week's episode.
0: Very good. Here it is. It is skin of Evel. (laughs) Evels.
7: On the next episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation.
3: Data, something's got me!
7: A sinister creature threatens murder.
3: Please stop hurting him.
7: And traps Consular Troy in a shipwrecked vessel. One of you is going to die. Now it's a struggle to stop the alien's savage power. Get them up, now. But one of the crew will bid a tragic farewell on Star Trek The Next Generation.
0: Ooh, they, they said it. Wait, I think they showed it. Shh, don't worry about it. Hang on a second. Star Trek The Next crew will bid a tragic farewell We'll bid a tragic farewell. Yeah. They do show Yar on the ground when they say that, which well, like a little bit of Well, a hint for everybody. Um, well, anyway. Skin of Evil. Skin of Evil. A terrible episode. Is it? I believe I remember it as being not good. That's too bad. It seems like it's such a great, you know, uh, plot move. Sure. Anytime you can kill a main character, it's Crazy. They often mishandle those in most television shows. It seems like it's such a great opportunity to give their stakes in a way that uh, that like uh, I guess hmm, I guess Game of Thrones most of the time really nails it. Mm-hmm. I gotta get you to watch Game of Thrones, pal. Mm-hmm. You probably know everything that happens already. I do. That's we really do. awful. Play that slot machine enough, you'll know everything. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right. Well, that does it for this. And uh, should you watch the episode? The answer is yes, because it's a huge moment
0: in Trek history. Uh, oh, well, you didn't say what, whether you should watch this this episode. No. The answer is it's no. pretty clear. That's right. No. No. Yeah. Fair
1: enough. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's really all we have to say about that. So I'm going to get the fuck out of here. <phone rings>
0: Hey, they left some, uh... They left some, uh... Oh, what was it called? <laughs> Felicium. Oh, some Felicium, let me... Ah. Oh, what's going on, man? Hey, what's... Hey, what's that noise? What's that noise? Oh, what are those noises? I don't know what any of these these dials and, and things do. Oh, oh, I'm too dumb. Ah, disengage.
1: I'm <laughs> I'm too dumb.